So, by the way, I'm really pleased to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you again, too. And that, uh, uh, so your question was about uh, now that we have covered the four noble or the eightfold noble path in fair detail, including uh, um, basically. The way that the Buddha taught it was, uh, listen, O monks, and I will tell you about right unification of mind with its uh, features and requisites. And so we can understand that the requisites then would be the first items on the path that we've already discussed of right view right um, sati, right um, act, uh, effort, and right um, attitude. That the attitude bringing together the other skills brings about the unification of mind. And once the mind is unified, then it will... Uh, remain in a state so that it behaves well mm. according to the way that the outside world would see it. But basically, it it's not really behaving because it doesn't want anything. It's not chasing after. The unification of mind means that one is satisfied. Mm. And that when wants and desires come up, it's up to him to be mindful of that, to investigate it, and to figure out whether it should be uh, wholesomely pursued or not. Whether or not it should be wholesomely pursued once you're in right unification of mind? Once you're in the right unification of mind. Or that uh, your intention that... is to manufacture it in the moment. Not okay. once you reach it because this is the whole thing that's a major issue for the western mind is they always see things as event oriented and time oriented and when the clock ticks or when that happens then after that something is new mm -hmm. all right um an example of that would be um in the west if a cup gets chipped then it generally is not put into service anymore, especially not to give that chipped cup to a guest. In a zendo, they even in a ceremony will make sure that every bowl and every cup in the kitchen is chipped. <laughs> really? That way we can get over that once it was new and then something drastic happens and maybe even the child got spanked because the item got chipped and so the mental western mentality is before the chip everything was okay and after the chip now it's worthless and so yeah it's you if you receive something broken you're like you would want to fix it whereas like mm -hmm. there's a you would rather accept it and just like it's still a useful cup you can still drink out of it you can still do all do what is but in a, 
in a way, <clears throat> in a way, then everything is chipped. Mm-hmm. Every, every, everything is chipped. Mm-hmm. All right. And because everything is chipped, that only means that it's chipped because of the attitude. It's one's attitude that does the chipping. Yeah. Not the actual chip itself. Yeah, we think our attitude is that that cup is broken, that it's Mm -hmm. no good. But it's still good. Yeah. All right. So... That's that that point then needs to be seen in the sense that um, freedom, moksha, enlightenment, nirvana, uh, coolness, uh, emancipation, uh, Buddha, all of those things. The mental mentality is like that cup that before. The, uh, the situation was unacceptable, and then some sort of event or something happened, and after that, now life is acceptable, or that it's, you know. Um, so it's either a big light switch, one or the other. In the past, no. Event, and then the future, yes. Or the other way is, is that in, in the past, uh, yes, then the event happened, and then in the future, no. Sure, so I guess before I started talking to you, my view Pardon? of meditation, or before I started talking to you, my view of meditation was that I'm trying to fix myself. Like, I'm trying to, like, get rid of all these things. But, mm-hmm. like, in a sense, like, I'm kind of like that chipped cup in that, you know, I can choose to have believed that I'm broken and need to like fix myself or I can like know that I'm right. I have everything that I need to, for the cessation of Dukkha or like Dukkha. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot the word. I'm tired. Um, the, I'm sorry. What is it? Dukkha. Right. Nevada. No. Dukkha, Dukkha, Naroda. Dukkha, Naroda. Okay. <laughs> okay. So now imagine this. Let us say that you had a group of people sitting in a row. Yeah. And you passed that chipped cup to one person after the other, and they were able to hold that cup and inspect it for a little while. And then they passed it on. And every time it comes to a new person, they will bring up a new attitude about that cup. So one will say it's a good cup. The other one says, look at that beautiful chip. Another one will say, this is no good. It's got a chip in it, right? And so as the attitude changes, but the cup didn't change. Only the attitudes about it were changing as that cup went down the line, which means then the attitude can change in an instant. That Okay, and it can go back and forth. That in fact we do that. Sometimes we like something, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we change our attitude and it yeah. goes back and forth. Right. That's yeah. what we're getting at here. All right. So if that if your attitude goes back and forth and the attitude is one of the key ingredients for the unification of mind, then that means that one can pass in and out of unification of mind. 
Right. One can, in fact, pass in and out based upon their practice in wholesome and then later unwholesome thoughts and then later again wholesome thoughts and then later again unwholesome thoughts. Yeah, that, that makes sense. All right. In that regard, the event of the cup getting broken is irrelevant. But it's it all irrelevant, has yeah. to, because it all has to do with the attitude of the person holding the cup. Yeah, it's how or that person is say, looking at it. Right. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Because that person could look at it and say, this is a beautiful cup, it's perfect. And be completely happy with it. In the Zendo, that that chipped cup is perfect. Yeah. Okay. And so this is an important quality to to begin to take the calendar out of our life and put here now into it. In other words, you're not going to be free from suffering someday when something happens but you can be free from suffering right now. Because it's the way we look at whatever mm -hmm. events pop up in our life. It's the attitude we have towards it. It's not yes. the event itself. Exactly. Exactly so. And mm -hmm. so it has to do with the fact that um, as you become mindful of your attitude about things, you will be able to gradually change your attitude from the chip, the cup is chipped, it's not broken, into what a nice Zen cup. Mm -hmm. And you keep coming back to that wholesome state of, yeah, this cup's still usable. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, everything is all right. Okay, yeah, so we're, like you said, we can go in and out of unification of mind, but it's all about going back to and saying, like, this cup is beautiful, that is okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the Buddha talked about that um, in a sutta number 19. The name of the sutta is Two Kinds of Thought. And that uh, people will say, oh, well, I used to have the wrong kind of thoughts, but now I'm going to have the right kind of thoughts. Oh, no, every day you've had a mixture. There have been some good thoughts and some uh, unwholesome thoughts and more good thoughts and more unwholesome thoughts, all right? And we're not trying to, and we're not really keeping track of that kind of stuff. Sure. And so this is really what the practice is about, is about what's happening in the here and now. Can you get yourself into a nice state where you're satisfied? right mm -hmm. now and then can you maintain that state <laughs> right here right now and that's and like, what it, not to okay. worry about the future and so anapanasati is kind of like our practice for that mm -hmm. that's the practice the practice is to be here now mm. and so all of this stuff that is associated with on with anapanasati including the four foundations of mindfulness, the body, the feelings, the mind states, and the mind objects, are all about what the mind and the body and the feelings and the mind uh, objects and mind states are doing right now. Mm -hmm. Not how good the mind is going to be after the meditation is over, but rather what's happening right now. Um, and so 
this is the basic difference between Western meditation, even the Christian kind of meditation. Uh, we got that word because uh, in the Catholic monasteries, they would have a practice to where they would mull over one of the uh, religious points. Okay. Right. Like, yeah. like the existence of the Trinity or the mercy of God or the mercy of uh, the, uh, Mary or what is a virgin birth or resurrection. These are concepts that they mull over to where the kind of concepts, yeah, we've got concepts that we're going to mull over, but we're going to uh, apply that mull over right here, right now. We're going to mull over the first noble truth. Is this suffering right here, right now? If there is suffering, wonderful. Ha ha, third noble truth. If there is not, then we can look into the cause of suffering. What is the cause of this suffering? The second noble truth is, in fact, um, one's own um, ignorance, one's own wanting things that we don't have, and one's own trying to get rid of something that we don't want to put up with. Okay? And that when... Um, Wanting something that we don't have gets really big, then we can say that someone is greedy. And that when we want to get rid of something, and basically it's in the inside, like hate is kind of different uh, than anger, because anger is generally fear that's arising in the present moment, to where hate is like old anger. It's like you're clinging, there's like, it's a recurring thing. It's like you're remembering it from the past. Right. Remembering yeah. out of the past, bringing it up, remembering that you didn't like it then, and now you don't like it again. And so now hate is just actually just an internal, uh, <laughs> spontaneous internal combustion, I suppose. Yeah, whereas like anger could be like a tiger's popping out of the bushes and attacking you and you're like, oh no. Mm -hmm. like An threat. example would be that uh, that uh, the individual hasn't seen uh, this family member in many years, but because of the situation of family reunion or something, that um, event then brings up the old hate that I hated Uncle George when I was a kid, and now I see him at uh, uh, this event, and now I hate him all again. We're yeah, right but, now, Uncle George is not doing anything. Yeah, that would be like a you're dissatisfied about things that happened in the past. Like these things are, yeah, if there's like a different quality that you're like making, you're like making a mental object to like, I don't know, focus your energy at and be like, I hate that. Uh-huh. So as we dig into the second noble truth, then that's when we become to, to see this pattern that happens in the mind that leads us from, let's say, uh, an event that happens in the moment that we become conscious of. But we don't just stay conscious of that of the present moment. In order to make good sense out of it, 
we dig stuff up from the past and process it mm-hmm. in order to come up. In other words, if you didn't know the language, then you wouldn't even know when you saw it that it was a tree. That calling the tree a tree means that you know what trees are. You've got treeness somehow stored. Yeah, you're like re- thinking about tree when you mm-hmm. see one because you have to the reply in the label. You ever saw, you didn't have anything for it. Yeah, it's kind of there. But now we can recognize trees. So that recog- recognition is means pulling up stuff out of the past in order to make sense of the present moment. And when we do that, we often make mistakes because our past is not all of that reliable. Yeah. Oh, so I guess like, I feel like there's kind of like big remembrances and little remembrances. So like if I'm going about my day like it feels like there's a whole bunch and there's like things popping up around me. Like I might notice like that's my guitar over there to the right. But like I may not consciously like think about guitar. But um, I don't know, maybe if I'm thinking about, um, you know, like I wish I was better at my job or something like that. That's mm-hmm. like a much bigger remembrance. Like are those both remembrances or is like one more of just like a passing, just like there it is. But like am I like subconsciously you know that's like you can think of it as almost like data in a database. Mm-hmm. And the way buffering operates, the, the more recent data is easier to access than the really old stuff. But if we don't have what we're looking for with the brand new data, then we will continue to process, we will continue to perceive until we can dig up something that is, let us say, recognizable. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, that's what happens, basically, is, is that when yeah. this person sees Uncle George, and rec- uh, um, generally the old hate won't happen until after he sees Uncle George, but then Uncle George will say something, and then he will be reminded of the old stuff, and then all the hate will come up. This is kind of complicated, but the point that we can make is is that basically when we begin to see everything in the here now and are not concerned much with the past and the future, then we uh, have a capability of living in this moment, okay, in other words, everybody can handle this moment, Mm -hmm. but what we think when we can't handle something is we can't handle it happening over and over and over again in the future. Yeah. Yeah, okay, but we can handle it one more time. We can do this one time. Right okay. now, yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. That clears up, clears it up a lot, because it's like I can, you know, passively see that guitar, but like if I look at it, then I'll start remembering all the guitar lessons I did, and how frustrated I am with it, <laughs> and then it becomes something else. But exactly. if I'm just there in the present moment with the guitar, it's like yeah, there's like a buffering before I know that it's like I, you know, the recall, like the worry. Or whatever, but if I can just be there with it, it's completely different. It's just, it just like, 
is me mm -hmm. seeing it or like observe like without all the extra stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, you've got it. In other words, you can pass right by that guitar and look at it, but you don't have any thoughts of it. Mm -hmm. But then you will look at it and you'll begin to think about it. But when you think about it, what you're going to do is bring up old memories. That's your thoughts. Yeah. Okay. So um, in the actual practice of the Dhamma, we then have that quality of um, thinking that things are long term. Where in fact, no, it's right now. And that the better we get at coming back to the here now, into the present moment, and develop the skills of being in the present moment, then there is going to be real progress. But so long as we have the idea that the progress is um, uh, going to be the benefit or a future result of what I'm doing now, then you will never get any benefit. Yeah, the result is in this moment. It's not in the future. We're not, we're not training so that we can do this in a year or two. Like with that attitude, we wouldn't see it. Mm -hmm. um, it's all about right here in the moment. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Um, yes. Everything has to do with this present moment. When we change that frame of reference, then the next point is that the student will come because he's been practicing this and seeing it. He becomes to understand that, hey, in this moment, it doesn't matter how uh, um, clouded the mind is with events or whatever, that the mind in this moment can be cleaned out and I can come back to a state of peace. So let's imagine that something big event happened. Let's say a relative in the family has died. And generally when, so when someone in the family has died, the whole family is in turmoil and they tend to turn on each other, not for love and support, but finger pointing. Mm. Okay. But the point that I'm making is, is that for each individual person in that family, that whenever they think about the person who has died, it almost always brings up and evokes bad feelings. Mm -hmm. Either sadness for the loss or anger at Uncle Billy because he didn't do the right thing once or he didn't tell you when a Granny was sick or, you know, something like that. And so there's either going to be wanting, I want something from it that I don't get, I want to try to push something away. What do I want? I want Granny to not be dead. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, so how do I handle that? Is by telling everyone that Uncle George did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. And so we want to push away Uncle George because of the feelings. But you can see that there's ignorance mixed in with that. Because mm -hmm. really, it's all about old feelings. It's yeah, actually exactly. quite possible that uh, the, the guy, let's say, that we're talking about now hasn't seen Granny in 25 years because of circumstances. And then Granny dies. And now he feels bad. 
Why? He lost her 25 years ago. He didn't lose her now, but the thoughts come up now. Yeah, the thoughts start working. You're like, mm-hmm. start saying like, this moment right now is not what it should be. You say it should be this other way, and uh-huh. then you feel bad. And so over a few days, every time that grandma comes to mind, every that person or everybody in the family feels bad every time the granny comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Ah, but one of them happens to know Anapanasati. And so he recognizes every time that the thought of granny comes up, I can take a deep breath. I can recognize that everything is okay. That Anicca, Anicca Wata Sankara, everything that arises passes away. I haven't seen granny in 25 years. Why am I feeling bad now? Okay, so we can basically talk our way out of the bad feelings. Yeah. Once yeah, we recognize that in this moment. Yeah, I had a particularly bad week <laughs> this week. And um, I was really torn up Friday, went to bed, torn up, woke up Saturday, and eventually decided to sit down and practice or like Anapanasati. And it was like, wow, like I can change the way I look. And I had a good Friday or I had a good Saturday evening. <laughs> like, I mean, right. Yeah, like it's uh, you can, and it wasn't about like, yeah, it was about going back to the present moment. It's like, what's here right now? It's not like, what am I thinking about in the future or past? Like, you can see it, you can like feel the things popping up, like your memories and whatnot, and the discomfort that those bring, and you can weed through that and see what's here now. Mm hmm. So, we can, when thoughts of the um, uh, granny, thoughts of death, thoughts of something bad has happened. And we can recognize there's nothing new about it right now. So why should I sit and burn and spend my mind over it? Mm-hmm. So we, we come to the conclusion that this is not a thought worth having. This is an unwholesome thought. Yes. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah, I see what you mean. Because it's painful. Yeah. It's unwholesome because it's painful. We're sitting there hurting ourselves by um, continuing every time Granny comes up. So basically, and I'll get to this. This is very interesting. In this regard, there are no Christians at funerals. Yeah, because, I mean, they should be happy. Everybody should be happy. I mean, the whole Christian thing is everybody's going to be happy, but no, someone is going to be in grief. And because of sympathetic vibrations and because of the traditions that you're supposed to feel bad at a funeral, everybody does. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody, the only person who does not feel bad is the undertaker. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, we have to recognize that each individual person through that whole process at any particular time could wake up and say, wait a minute, I don't have to think about granny right now. I can sit here and be at peace. This is not the time for the funeral. I don't have to be in my own funeral. We can wait until granny has her funeral. And when she has her funeral, then she has her funeral. And if I can handle this moment, I can handle that moment too. Sure. That's when we're really coming into the skill development is when we keep seeing, right now I'm okay. 
right now, things are nice. Yeah. Okay, in, I can handle this present moment. Yes, like in the midst of turmoil, or like in the midst of whatever events are happening. Except you know, it is not in the midst. There is no... Well, no, because in the midst, now you're taking a time frame. Yeah, During right. this time, okay. all of that midst, no. The midst is when the thought of Granny comes up. Yeah, okay. That, now you're in the midst of it. But if you have Shati, then you can recognize, I don't need to think that right now. This is not a wholesome thought right now. Let's have yes. th wholesome thoughts instead right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so over the course of days, every time the granny comes up, this meditator says, out granny goes. There's nothing can be done. Okay. If, for instance, if you have to do the will probation, do the will probation with the lawyer at the time when it's to be done. But you don't have to sit and mull and think about the, proba uh, uh, the will being probated while you're sitting at home. Yeah, you know, and you that's... that happen at the right time, and you deal with it at the right time. But right now, sitting at home, I have to learn to deal with this moment. And if I can deal with this moment right now, then I can deal with the funeral tomorrow. And I can deal with the will probation next week. Because, because I can handle right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I mean, I see that. I see what, I see what you mean. If okay. you can handle the present moment, if you can, then you can just keep doing that. You can just keep returning yeah, to the present moment. Yeah, now you're getting it right. Yeah. Um, well, let us say that the keep doing it is a way of saying things that is still in yeah, the um, context. Another way of saying it, if I did it once, I can do it again. And if I did it again, I can do it again. Yeah, I guess like saying like, I can always come back to the present moment. If I can remember. If I can remember. I can remember to come back to this present moment. Mm-hmm in this moment. It's got nothing to do with an always. Always, okay. There's no time frame. It's like, we I can to take our time frame out yeah, I guess of I'm the still, situation. Yeah, you're saying like, I can come back to the present moment. Right now. Right now. I can come back to the present moment right now. Right now. Mm -hmm. I can feel good right now. I can take a deep breath right now. I can gladden the mind right now. I can throw unwholesome thoughts out of the mind right now, and I can have wholesome thoughts right now. Now, I can is an attitude. Mm -hmm. Because everyone else's attitude that has the time frame on it is, is that, oh, this moment is difficult and I know I'm going to have a lot of this kind of moment, therefore poor me. Yeah, I yeah, I can yeah, knowing that or like being like I can come back to the present moment right now. That yours that's an attitude and that makes it possible. And that makes it possible. Yeah, I, I yeah, I see that. Yes. I agree. Okay. That, that's that's the amazing thing. That's the important thing. Yeah, if I think I can't do it, then it doesn't work. <laughs> I can't, but if I yeah. think I can. Exactly. It, it and I'm getting somehow. around now to talk to you about the very first step on the noble path. 
right view? No, no, no. Those are skills. No, we're talking about, actually, I'm talking about knowledge. knowledge. And there are seven knowledges that lead to the state of Sotapan. And right now we're talking about the first knowledge that is super mundane, it is noble, it's a factor of the path, and it is not held by ordinary people. Mm. Ordinary people who go to church or are in politics or have jobs and are out there in the world, they do not have a noble attitude. Mm -hmm. All right. What is this first knowledge, this first noble point? is that when these hindrances come, no matter how often they come or how, what intensity they come, I can deal with them. And the way that the, studis, uh, the sutta states it is, is that no matter uh, uh, how the mind is obstructed, it can be cleared out. Mm -hmm. so that we can come to this present moment to see things as they actually are in this present moment. That's the first knowledge. That's important. Well, when I run across that, it's almost like everything began to fall together. This is what the path is all about. And that's that first knowledge, which is, in fact, the attitude. That's the first thing that is really putting someone in, in position of being noble. Okay, so first, first knowledge is that when, um, when something arises, like I can come back to the present moment and pluck it out. No matter Did what. I, no matter what. Okay. No matter what is happening in this, this present moment, I can handle it. I can throw that obstruction out of the mind and bring myself to a happy, contented state. So if I am unhappy if something if I okay yeah like if if I am distressed then I can come back to the present moment right now right now and take then, a deep yes. breath right now relax right now and if there's any tension that has been built up in the body for instance when a family member dies or when there's any tension like that then over a period of hours or a couple of days or so, there is going to be a slow, slow leakage of chemicals into the body. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's the, the chemicals are normally associated with cortisol and adrenaline, which are stress hormones, right? And they're stress hormones not because they're excreted in order to deal with stress, they're stress hormones because they're the ones that cause the stress. They cause the stress, not because the because stress causes the adrenaline them. Because the is pumped into the body for the fight or flight. Okay, so yeah, like our brain's working. Like very, we're, very old. We're calling things, we're like seeing things, and that causes these hormones to be pumped out. And then that causes the feelings of stress. Uh huh. Okay. So every time the thought of Granny die comes up, every time the thought of um, Uncle George comes to the funeral, every time that thought comes up, a little bit of chemical reaction happens in the body, and sometimes that stuff builds up. But the meditator is going to catch that. 
He's mm-hmm. going to check it out and says, oh, I do feel tension in the body, and I know where it comes from. It's because of this funeral. Mm-hmm. And so he can take a deep breath and come back to the present moment. Oh, it feels good again to be back in the state of satisfaction. And so yeah. we, can be, we can begin to breathe out the anxieties because we put the mind in a wholesome state. It's going to stop all of that leaking of those uh, uh, neural uh, chemicals that go into the body. Yeah, okay. So, first knowledge, I can come back to the present moment right now. Mm -hmm. And so that's it, right. Always keep coming back to the present moment, or not always, forget, forget that, sorry. Wrong, wrong word. Whenever you remember, whenever you think of it, to come so, back to the present moment, you can. At so that my job is remembering that first knowledge. Right. Sati, to yes. wake up. Sati, to wake keep, up. Yes. Keep looking, to keep examining. And when you do, then you can do something about it to get yourself into a state of homeostasis or into a state of delight or into a state of Sukha, right in this present moment. And we begin to get the skill so that no matter how difficult things get, things are going to get really difficult. The question is, when things do get really difficult in the future for you, do you know now that you can handle those things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you keep that up. That's the right attitude. It doesn't matter what happens. So- I can handle I could get deported. I can handle that. I can get shot. I can handle that. And when it comes time to take the last breath, because I can't take another one, I can handle that too. Yeah. Yeah, so you can be in the present moment, like if you get shot or like during whatever. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Getting, five arrest, times getting arrested, right. That's a big one for me. Anyway. Yeah, wasn't there a Suda? Well, Ajahn Brahm was describing a Suda where the Buddha was like, even if you're getting tortured by somebody, then you should like love them and like, I don't know, be in, be in the moment or like um, be there, be right there. No hatred, no greed or anything like that. Don't wish them poorly. Um, even all then, we have to do to wake up. You yeah. do not have to be an advanced master sitting on a hilltop in order to do that. Yeah. Anyone can make up their mind. You cannot get to me, even if you torture me. Okay. All right. Some people have that kind of attitude, uh, a can-do, a militaristic uh um, in fact, I would. <laughs> one of the jokes that I tell is about Gawanka's strong determination sitting, where people sit for long periods of time, allow bodily uh, sensations uh, to arise to the point of pain. Mm-hmm. That uh, sitting for an hour or two without moving and the legs go to sleep, aches and pains will come up, and that the meditator with his strong determination, I can handle this. If he comes out of that state, then he knows that he can handle things because he has actually handled physical pain before. 
a lot of people are afraid of physical pain because the last time that they were in pain, they couldn't handle it. And so they have the attitude, I can't handle it again, just like I couldn't handle it last time. Yeah. So there, and so this is why we have some things, not just in uh, the, the Buddha Sasana, but in all of life, there's a kind of a toughening up process. An example of that is learning to walk barefoot. People who can't walk barefoot are called tenderfoot. Mm. Okay. So, um, which means they can't keep up because they haven't toughened up. So a lot of what we're talking about with the uh, Eightfold Noble Path, the skills that we're developing is actually the skill of toughening up. So that we know that we can just come back to the present moment and be happy. So we know even in pain, we can come back to the present moment. Well, there's only one way of being able to do that, and that is after we begin to practice, there is going to be tough times in life. You're going to get sick. And when it's sick, that's a good time to practice Anapanasati. Yeah. Why? So, because the body is sick, but the mind is not sick. I guess one thing, so when we say that, like, there will be times where I'm in pain and, like, I can, if I remember, then I, if, like, I remember if I wake up, then I know that I come back here, but... Uh, by saying like pain, like kind of, we're saying, we're putting a value on that. We're saying that like this is hurting us. Um, but it, there, it also seems like there's this other thing that like if we're in the moment or like if we're bringing ourselves back to right here, right now, then that, then we are uh, free from that pain. So like, are we kind of recognizing that there's no value in that or like the, the harm or something like that? That it's like, well, actually, maybe not a, yes, that is unwholesome. That is oh, we are recognizing that. Right. You're, you're recognizing that having a pity party is unwholesome. But the pain, like, well, the, I don't know, like the, the thorn in your foot or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's kind of neutral, like one way or the other, like the bad, like the unwholesome part is us like placing value, like a negative value on that. Is that mm -hmm. wrong or? Yes, exactly. Okay, so okay. let's look at it from this example. Let us say that in the emergency room, two people can come in. They've got the same injury, whatever it is. Let us say that there's a splinter in the finger. Make it simple. An old man and a young child, they both come into the, um, uh, the ER. When the nurse is trying to remove the splinter from the child's finger, the child is going to cry, the child is scared, that whenever any sensations come, the child is going to remove the arm and take it away because they're very much afraid. Mm -hmm. And the attitude is, I cannot handle this. Yeah. The old man has had splinters before. He walks into the hospital. His is probably even more infected than the child's because he was will willing to handle it. So now he goes into the ER, he puts his hand out, the nurse takes her time and skill and fishes around in there and gets that um, uh, splinter out, and he holds his hand still with the attitude, I can handle this. Mm -hmm. That's basically the right attitude that we're talking about. I can do this. I can handle this. Yes. Yeah, so we have that. 
Okay, so we need so we need to go to the hospital in this regard that we're talking about as this example. We need to go to the hospital, not as the child, but as the old man, so that we come out of the hospital saying, "Yes, I could handle that splinter. I'll handle whatever comes next next time." And then we're not fretting about what could happen in the future. Or like remembering the pain of the past, like the last time we had a splinter, we're just like, I can handle this. You drive yourself to the hospital, get it taken out, you move exactly. on. Exactly. And I've had to deal with that kind of thing uh, in my own life. When I was young, I would pass out easily. Uh, low blood pressure, or low blood sugar, something like that. And that it was always true uh, for medical procedures. Um, shots were kind of okay but something in the body is such that it's really hard to draw blood and it may be attitude I don't know but all I do know is is that generally the nurse will fish around long enough to get frustrated withdraw the needle and go someplace else on the body to try to get blood yeah okay and they try all the regular places I've even had them try to get it out of the uh, out of my ankle Okay. <laughs> because out of out of uh, out of the elbow and out of the wrist and all of that, and they're just digging in there. Okay, so when all of that happened, it was great pain. Mm. But um, it it started happening, I think, about twenty years ago, because I was still kind of involved with with um, medical stuff um, a bit, and. I took on that attitude. I can handle this. And I didn't even understand it exactly the way that I'm talking to you about it now. But um, now, the, the last several times that I've uh, had blood drawn, I enjoy it. Why? Because I enjoy bringing up that tough attitude. I can handle this. Why don't you try it over here? Try it over there. And they draw blood back by every year. They have to draw blood because of the visa. It's part of the um, uh, uh, medical uh, certificate that we have for the retirement visa. Mm. And so that still happens. And so it was uh, it was in January was the last time that uh, that blood was drawn. Nothing to it. Because you can just be like, out. I can handle this. <laughs> <sit down. laughs> yeah. Right. And there she is digging around in there again. And but it's not like a hmm? it's not like a toughness. It's not like a I there's this really strong self. It's more of like a I can handle this is in like an empty sort of way. Right? It's a it's a toughness, exactly. And it's not my toughness, it's just toughness. You're not remembering that you're tough, you just are tough. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that, that, that's the attitude, that tough attitude. And the Buddha even went so far as to call it the lion, but he was a lion. <laughs> the Buddha was tough. That in fact, a lot of people uh, would say that they couldn't handle the lifestyle of, of the monk in the old days at all. That living out in the forest is tough. Yeah, it looks, it's pretty hard looking. It's, I bet but it's pretty difficult. But if you're tough, in the sense that you go out in the wilderness and you tough it out, 
now you can handle being in the wilderness and being uh, lost in the wilderness doesn't frighten you at all. Yeah, but like a lion doesn't think about being tough. They, yeah, it's, I mean, that's just kind of in their nature. Mm -hmm. And so another one would be public speaking. Many people, when they start public speaking, or if they have never done any performance and they're uh, given an opportunity, and they freak out in the sense of become afraid, butterflies in the stomach. If they know in advance, then they'll get uh, uh, into the butterflies in the stomach in advance. They're yeah. not even on stage yet. They're a backstage, and they're still freaking out, right? Yeah, yeah that'd be that a lot. <laughs> Okay, but when you already have been, let us say, uh, out in the wilderness or on stage, and you know that you can handle it, then you can walk, walk right out on stage and make a complete idiot out of yourself, and that's okay. Because you can handle it. Because you, you can handle that, exactly. Yeah. So if someone ridicules, you can handle that. So... Or, if they revere you and do umi dooby gobby gobby and bow down and all of that kind of say and say you're the most wonderful and all of that, been there too, done that too. I can handle that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people want to be a meditation teacher is because they've seen the reverence that many people pay uh, gurus and meditation teachers, and so they want, they want, they want, they want, they want that. Yeah, they get a lot of, yeah, I mean, they, they get followings, they get people that respect them and, like, follow their words and things. Mm -hmm. But the Buddha said that, uh, that whenever they uh, revile him, it's no dejection of, of heart. And if they revere him uh, on that account, there's no elation of the heart on that account. It's in the sutta. On, on that account, there's no elation of the heart. In other words, the heart is elated on its own, not because someone has praised. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'm missing something there in that, how that, yeah, so the Buddha, somebody praises him or somebody or, uh, says he's a bad and like doesn't know what he's talking about. It has no effect on him just because of the, because he, because of first knowledge, because like he says, That's that I'm coming back to, I know that I, or like I can be here in the moment right now. And mm -hmm. so you're not like thinking or remember, or like you're not remembering the past or like thinking about the future, about all the like credit that you'll get or like all the fame or like how people will think about you in the future or like things like that. You're just kind of like there and are. Yeah, it sounded, it was a pretty bad explanation, but yeah, yeah, okay, I see how that connects now. Yeah, that's, that makes mm -hmm. sense. So that's the foundation, or that's the very first step. And that first step is that change of attitude from this is tough, it's hard work, into I can handle this. I can handle this, yes. I can do this. So if, if, if the feelings of anxiety come up, we can take a look at that and say, I can handle that too. I can yeah, take a no deep breath and I let it go. It's not, I can handle this in the future. There's no time frame. It's like, I can handle this right here, right now. 
right here, right now, so that I can come out of that hindrance right here, right now, and come into this present moment and be yeah. here now. Hmm. It's very simple. Yes, it is. And that's yeah. the first knowledge. Yeah. There are seven knowledges and that uh, basically as we see things more clearly through the progressions of the uh, and picking up this knowledge, one of the things that happens then is we come to the knowledge that, oh, my only job, in fact, for the rest of my life is to see Dukkha and to stay out of it. Mm -hmm. Only job that we've got. And so we become dedicated to that job, eager for that job. And now that some of the higher knowledge is when we become absolutely eager for the Dhamma that we want to remember. And then we're not. Yeah, we want to remember what we're saying. We want to remember to be here now. We've already decided that being in the here now is much superior than whatever else the mind could do. Yeah, I mean, and in that way, we're not like fighting against life. We're not like scheming or like thinking about what we can do to like, I don't know, get that dream job in the future or just know that we can be right here, right now. Right here, right now. This and is that, good enough. Yeah, that is good enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, it's wonderful. It makes sense. I mean, Yes, that's the whole point, is it really does make sense that this is the whole point. And yet, taking us out of the frame of reference of time in the past and time into the future, or let us say that when uh, in that frame of reference or in that way of looking, the, uh, the present is um, in, in the uh, uh, linguistic system, they would call it the the uh, present perfect tense in the sense of the present that is always present. When we say now, we're talking about the big now in a way of uh, Johnny's an asshole. Right? What do I mean by that is, is that he's an asshole now, but that now is really big. It's a big, big now. He was an asshole in the first part of the now. He's an asshole in the middle part of the now, and he's going to be asshole into the future part of the now. You see what I'm talking about? So there's that kind of a big now that's got a lot of uh, that to it, where really what we're talking about, no, is not a big now, but only the little one that we're having right now. And we recognize that we're always having this right now. Yeah, just the little right now. It's like the super tiny, like, right now. This little right now is all we've got. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I don't know. Hopefully this isn't too big of a stretch. But, like, when I was really distraught Friday night, there was a really intense feeling of self. Like, you know, the walls were very close. Like, it felt like it was really in my body. Like, mm -hmm. um, it, and it was, is like, but it was in the past it was in the future it was thinking about you know how like i mean yeah there's just like a lot of it wasn't right here right now i guess is what i'm saying and that feeling's really different and it seems like when i'm right here right now that like sense of self is a little bit less or like when i'm closer to the here now like it's uh not as 
I don't know. I, when I'm not like, I don't feel as distressed. Like when I feel distressed, it's like there's a really clear sense of like me versus everybody else, like uh, you know, plotting and things like that. Does that make sense, or is that kind of off base? Um, it we always have to bring it back to the question of is it wholesome or not. So I would turn that question. I mean, it was not wholesome. Down. It's not okay. Okay, so I see what you mean. So yeah, it was like not wholesome. I was distraught. Um, like, yeah, I was thinking like bad thoughts that were like uncomfortable and things like that. Exactly. But you see, let us put it this way. The present moment doesn't hold any grudges. Yeah. That if we're going to have old likes and old dis dislikes and old grudges, they have to come out of the old memory bank. Because right here, right now, everything is okay. Okay. And so, yeah, that makes sense. Like, especially if you take it really far, I guess. We only make it, this moment, problematic by bringing the past into it. But that's the way the mind works. We have to use the past in order to uh, make sense out of the present moment. But I'm not saying that we're. Oh, okay. Of, we're we can not recall the past. We can recall the future, and that isn't necessarily unwholesome. Well, no. What I'm saying is, is that if we are not aware that uh and watching that this is how we make sense of the world is by pulling stuff out of the past if we know that process then we can actually start to change the past okay okay how do we change it one is by not thinking about it if we have no thoughts of the past then this present moment is unlikely to be colored by the past. Mm -hmm. But if we do have thoughts about the past, then this present moment is possibly, or the next present moment is possibly going to be um, influenced by the thought patterns that we're having now about the past. So even though we can't change the past, we can change the way that we relate to it. And an important way is this, that is, um, in computer science, we have a thing called a queue or a deck in the sense that, uh, and there's many different ways. One, one would be like a stack, which means the last thing that went on will be the first thing off. Okay. Uh, and in, in that way, we can say, okay, memory is like that too. In other words, if I, for quite a long time, pile on a lot of wholesome memory, then at any particular time in, in some future now, the likelihood of when I'm, uh, uh, let us say, figuring something out, and I'm using data from the past, I'm more than likely going to be using more recent data, especially if it's intentionally wholesome. Okay, yeah. Okay, so this is what we're getting at, is that we want to leave the old past alone. 
Mm-hmm. We want to not think about it. We want to not deal with it. We want to deal with the present moment in regard to uh, the Eightfold Noble Path, and then that will be the new memory system that's laying on top so that we begin to build up memories of having a good here now. Yeah, that makes sense. To, to make to, uh, to mix in with all of the old crap, or better still, to cover up the old crap. Okay. Yeah, I guess I was trying to say past bad, future bad, like, got to be here the now, that can be the only good. But you're saying there's like a relationship between, the, you can have like a wholesome or unwholesome relationship with these things popping up. And like, if these things pop up, like if we have a thought about the past or something that pops up, we can have a good attitude toward it. And then that's going to be in that queue. And then like next time, next present moment, if that pops up, that's good feeling towards that thought that pops up will be there first, kind of, right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, that, like, that's, that's it, right. Because it's newer, like... Okay. The newer wholesome stuff is actually, in a way we're saying, is a new habit that we're developing. Mm-hmm. That is going to replace the old habit. And the yeah. old habits are unwholesome and we feel bad. But if we continue to take and build up the habit of feeling good, then we can, when we create uh, a new, uh, let us say, a realization, and that's a funny word, realization. Yeah, so it's uh, like, um, right. we have like uh, the sense doors that we've talked about. One of them's like thoughts or like mind objects or something like that. And like we have a feeling towards all of these like doors, like whether that's like stubbing my toe or something like that, or like a thought about, you know, a deceased relative popping up and we can feel good or bad about that. And the more we feel good about that, the more frequently, like in the next present moment, we'll feel good about that. Exactly so. Yeah. So it's like that. Yeah. Okay. I see that. That's good. All right. Uh, so um, we we naturally then, over a period of time, uh, begin to develop the new habits, and then those new habits or the new stuff in the sankara will actually uh, be part of part of the mix. Yeah. Let us say it this way. This is a kind of a humorous way to say it, and that is just that people talk themselves into feeling bad. You can talk yourself into feeling good. Yes, sir. That's true, yeah. I mean, it kind of like a proof by like negative or something. It's like, yeah, if you can talk to yourself into feeling bad, why not do it the other way? Exactly. We can talk to talk to ourselves about feeling good. And a lot of people say, oh, that's cheating. Oh, I shouldn't do that. I should just let myself continue to feel bad now that I've talked myself into it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Besides, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it is. But it's not. It only just is a little bit of work right now. Oh, excuse me. I thought you meant, yeah, like a lot of work to keep making because myself feel bad. Because they're taking a lot of work because, again, they've got the time frame in it. Yeah, you're, just, yeah, you're adding that time frame. You're thinking that you got to do a lot of work. 
to be able to figure out that trick to come back to the present moment. But no, it's very easy. All we have to do is remember, and here we are. (laughs) Well, yeah, you think they may think there's a trick or something that they don't know yet, that they're, that's like out of their skill. But like you said, the first knowledge is that like, I can come back to the present moment right now. Mm-hmm. That no matter how obstructed the mind is, no matter how much my grief is, no matter what my anger is, no matter how subtle it is, and it's hard to see, or how overpowering it is and hard to, to deal with, in both cases, I can throw that stuff out, take a deep breath, and come back to the here now. Even sloth and terper? Even what? Even like sloth and terper, or like the, I don't know, I deal with a lot of just like feeling drained and kind of gross. And those feel very like difficult for me to shake during Anapanasati. We do have the idea that some things are are, uh, difficult to handle. Yeah. But that's, but that's the, that's I the cannot loser's attitude. attitude. That's yes. the loser's attitude. We think we can then, or if we, mm-hmm. will, if we know we can then, yes. Yes, and we have to practice and gain the skill or gain the srata or gain the confidence. I did it once, I can do it again. What's srata? Srata is the Pali word for confidence. It's okay. often translated as faith. But it's mm. not faith. You don't practice uh, Anapanasati through faith. Yeah, you, you practice do it. it because you know it works. <laughs> yeah, okay. So then it's like a confidence when you remember that you do not have to suffer, that you can just be right here, right now. Yeah, it develops. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You can. That's the confidence. I can. I can do this. That's that. In fact, Ashrata, or this confidence we were talking about, that's the first step on the path. That's the first state of nobility, is that can-do attitude. Mm-hmm. And so that's basically the path. And we'll talk about more of the path. And when I'm talking about the word path, I've really got to make sure everybody understands. We're not talking about the word path the way the word is used in English. That was a wrong translation. A better word to do would be method. The Eightfold Noble Method. Because why is that? Because the path has the quality of a distant place out into the future. Mm -hmm. You've got to follow the path and it's, the path is going to lead you someplace. There's no plat path leading anywhere. The method is the method of handling this moment. These are, are you just saying they're kind of like realizations? Or you said it's the first step on the path? Is there building is no that path. That's, no, what I'm saying is there is really no path. That this, this stepping, oh, okay. this path stuff is There's no concept of time. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? There's, it's there not like no a path. It's not like a 10 step, like one year program. It's like the first step you take. Well, dang, even then you have time in it, but it's like the, a method. It's not like a, there's no like element of time. It's just like kind of the first thing that you exactly. go through. Okay, so we can look at that method in the sense that the method has constituent components. <laughs> And when you have all the constituent components together, 
then you've you've got it going. You've got the mm-hmm. method. Okay, it's not a matter of going, getting this and going then to the next one and getting that and then going to the next one and getting that and then going to the next one and getting that. Because in that regard with a path, if you've got this, when you go to there, you've already left that one. This is much more the quality of gathering the factors together. And I'll use the example of an oil paint artist. Mm-hmm. Okay. He doesn't, it's got nothing to do with even the time or the sequence, but we do know that he's got a list of items that he has to have. He's got to have a canvas that has got boards on it so that it can be used as a canvas. He's got to have an easel. He's got to have a set of brushes. He's got to have, uh, what is that thing that the artist has that they put their thumb in the hole to hold it, and it's a platter so that they can mix paints and, and paint? Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, the paint and the holding the paint. And then the last thing that the artist needs is an idea of what he's going to paint. Mm-hmm. When we have all of those things together, now painting can be done. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter which order those uh, the ingredients were brought together. Oh, okay. So it's not like you need this thing first. You just well, have to have re- all four of them. Right. Okay. So in case of the artist, probably yeah. the first thing he needs is the idea that he wants to paint something. Yeah. Otherwise, he's not going to go out and get all of the ingredients together to do the, the painting unless he's got an idea that he wants to paint something. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing that comes first. That's also with Sati. Sati comes first. Mm-hmm. But this is this is just a method to be in the present moment. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just just like the artist equipment that we're talking about is is all of the method and the ingredients he needs to do art in this moment. Okay. Okay. But when we think the path, then we're talking about like a path to success. How did you become a famous artist? So now we're bringing the Western mindset into it. Okay, so you're saying like, okay, there's the things that we want, the things that there's these factors for unified mind. And yeah. we gather those, um, like we we need those to be able to like, you know, have unified mind. And that would be like what? Right view, right sati, right effort, and right um, attitude. attitude. And so... The first one you're saying would be I can. That's the like right view. Well, the uh, the Sorry, right just, view in this case might would be, too be stuck on order. maybe I can. The right, right view would be maybe I can. Perhaps we c- could try something. Or uh, in other words, your right view. It's like you I'm not need stuck here. Right view before you ever called me. Yeah. Okay. The right view of I might be able to get out of this suffering. Mm-hmm. Or I might be able to figure out what's going on. That's the beginning of the right view. Mm-hmm. And then with right effort and right sati together, we'll bring about the right attitude that, yes, I can do it. Okay, that's the, yeah, and that's the first thing that you're talking about that you need for the, or sorry, within the eightfold. Okay, I guess like, what was that? What was that the first thing up that you were saying? I guess that's just where I got lost. So, the first thing is to remember. Mm-hmm. Remember that, that you can. Well, 
it depends upon in that particular instance what sati is okay so in that regard the sati would be the wake up to do the investigation yes okay okay all right so uh you did enough originally of an investigation to recognize we need to do something about this mm -hmm. maybe meditation's the answer okay so that's the budding of the right view mm -hmm. all right but then when we start practicing uh the the sati right view comes back into play in the sense of when we wake up we look you've heard the expression wake up and smell the coffee yeah okay the waking up is the sati smelling the coffee is right view mm -hmm. samaditi to look okay does that yeah. help that all right yes so, but we already had the right view that we want Sati, we want to wake up. So uh, the the basic foundation is the right view that it's time to do something. Gotcha. Okay, and then Sati comes up because of right view, and now Sati and right view work together to do the investigation, and that does take some effort. So in fact, the sutta talks about how Sati right view and right effort work together to run and circle around each other to bring about the fourth ingredient of right attitude and then all four of them work together as a team yes. okay. running running and circling around one another the right attitude okay so that attitude then that right attitude uh is then referenced into the component of pity in the pali language and sukha. That can't, I can do this. Okay, there's a great deal of um, uh, satisfaction and success built into it. Yeah. Okay, so that feeling of success, I can do this. I know I can do it. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of pity that comes up. Uh, and that this is um, a necessary ingredient for uh being in that pleasant state in the here now is that can do attitude that is yes. based uh that you could say that okay the attitude itself is purely mental but it actually brings up a feeling and so in that way feeling uh satisfied is the outcome of the attitude i can be satisfied yes Okay, yeah, I see. I, I got lost, but you brought me back on track. Yeah, that you have to have that can-do attitude to be here in the present moment. That's what you were getting across. Yes. Like that's, yes. All right. So that's basically how we then apply the Eightfold Noble Path or the Eightfold Noble Method just to be here now. Mm -hmm. And while we are in the here now, then we're not going to be harming other people. We're not going to be taking things away from them. We're not going to be forcing our intentions on someone. We're not yeah. going to be uh, using hateful, malicious gossip or telling lies or any of the kind of false speech when we're in a state of satisfaction. Yeah. It's only when we're in a state of dissatisfaction that we actually go about 
doing wrong things or harmful things to other people that are listed then as a set of rules or precepts. Mm-hmm. But when the mind is fit, when the mind is right, then uh, grabbing and uh, and forcing and taking things and all of that is is not done. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay, Lao yeah, Tzu yeah. Uh, had a had a student Chang Tzu who uh, had some literature written, and uh, Chang Tzu has a story about. Um, and he has a whole lot of them. The only ones that I remember is the la- is back about the last one, and that is the shoe. When the shoe is right, the foot is forgotten. Nobody thinks about the foot when the shoe is right. Hmm. In other words, you've got a good set of shoes. Now, if the sh- if the shoe has got a problem, like it's worn out, or the other side of it is brand new and not broken in and therefore have some uncomfortable places, then uh, because of that, the foot is always remembered. Why? Because we've got all this input. But when the shoe is right, the foot is forgotten. Yeah. And that's a lead-on into when the heart is right, for and against are forgotten. Yeah. Okay, well, it's the for and against that cause us to break the precepts, if you want to think about it from that perspective. That is, when we have four, when the heart is not right and we, and we are for something, so we try to go get it. Yeah, we're dissatisfied that we're like, we don't have that. Like, mm-hmm. we, we want to go, we're for that, so we want to go get it, or like, we're like, oh, this is a bad thing in our life, so we're like, push it away. <laughs> I'm against it, therefore I want to push it away. Versus when the, the heart is right for and, and against it's forgotten. Like forgotten, yeah. And so hmm. that means that when the mind is organized or when the mind is unified, then uh, uh, the behavior is going to be noble. Yeah. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so like... Hmm. And yeah, it always has to do with this present moment. When in this moment, the heart is right, for and against are forgotten. In the next moment, if it, uh, memories or uh, thoughts or feelings come up, then the heart is not right because it's being af- affected by that. Then the for and against come back in. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead. Okay. I mean, I feel like I'm going to be reading too much into this, but like when I sit down and meditate and I feel something bad and I'm like, I want to get rid of that. He's saying that like in that moment, I'm against that thing. But like in a sense, like if the shoe fits, like if I'm in the right mind state, like if I'm in unified mind, then I won't necessarily be against that and I'll just forget it or like it'll just drop away versus in just case, like in, in this case. You can, uh, we're thinking, we're talking about it in the sense of actively forgetting. Actively forgetting. So that's like the casting out. It's like an active forgetting. It's not like a beating up or being like, I hate you, like get out of here. It's like an active forgetting, kind of very like, I, I not forget for. About it. I don't have to think about that. Well, okay. That clears up. That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 
That's one's right effort. One's right effort is to actively forget about whatever it was that we were. Um, we notice something and we say, aha, Mara, and then we actively forget. Mm -hmm. Out you go, Mara. Out you go, Mara. But it's like a forgetting. It's not like a beating up or like a, yeah, something like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So that's the way for you to practice is to just awesome. keep coming back every time you remember. This one was good. This is good. Yeah, I'll try to I'll uh, keep remembering. <laughs> I'll keep remembering that I can come back to the present moment right mm -hmm. now. OK. And uh, apply the things that we've been talking about. That'll be a lot of fun this week. Man, my med my meditations have been so wonderful. lately. <laughs> They've been very pleasant. <laughs> So thank you very much. And okay. Yeah. Well, when, next time when you call, we'll go into more of these seven knowledges. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Okay. Am See I allowed you. to do? Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> or you're you're supposed to? to. The question is. Oh, sorry. Should I? <laughs> the answer is you bet. I do it. <laughs> I oh, like sorry. it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye -bye. See you. Bye bye. Day.